We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, September 18th. Just one more week after this one of the regular season. Things are winding down. But lots to talk about here. It's a Kershaw day on the mound. He is 12,100 on FanDuel. And of course, by far, he is the most expensive pitcher on the board. The player fade question with Kershaw, at least there are some options to look at. You got Patrick Corbin on the road at Petco going up against the Padres for 9,500. I think there's a path for that because Corbin's been really excellent over the second half, uh, coming off a 54 point start last time out. I know last time he faced the Padres on the 8th of September, they got to him for eight runs on 11 hits and four and a third, but that is an outlier to say the least. Yeah. Are you just locking in Kershaw and, and finding the value back? I mean, this, this is one of the good things about September is there are so many players on rosters and uh, so many teams making adjustments to their lineups. You can afford to pay up for an elite pitcher and have enough money to build a lineup that you like. Yeah, and the alternatives today are not that enticing, or at least I don't think so. Like Even Corbin, I mean, he's had a great year, but just I'd rather pay just 2600 more for Kershaw, I think. Yeah, I would pay up for Kershaw as well. Uh, Dylan Bundy gets the Red Sox. He's 8,900. I mean, maybe in GPPs, but I, I just think there's there's so much risk with Bundy uh, start by start, especially against an offense like the Red Sox, which should be able to hit him at least a little bit. You know, Irvin Santana's on the road against the Yankees. I'm not really going to tempt fate with that. Uh, Dan Straley as maybe a, maybe a tournament consideration against the Mets, kind of a watered-down version of the Mets lineup. 6900 is the price there. 
Uh, it's been a handful of starts since Straley's really had a, a great one. Uh, he won on September 2nd against the Phillies, scattered nine hits that day and gave up four runs. But you go back to August 22nd, that was the last great start we saw from him. So the overall body of work over these last five starts includes a 643 ERA and a 168 whip. Uh, Jamison Tyon's a guy we started talking about before we were recording. He has just had a, a difficult conclusion to this season. You know, you take out the the six scoreless against the Reds on the second, and he's had a, a very difficult time getting deep into his starts. Understandably, it's been a difficult season for Tyon overall, given that uh, he was treated for cancer and his return from that. I, there's no way to know just how much that's affecting him right now or if something else is going on. But right. when I look at Tyon right now, 6,500, for the skills that he brings to the table, it's tempting. I just think the form throughout the second half has been at a level where against the Milwaukee team that needs every possible win right now, it's nothing more than a tournament sort of dart right now with Tyon. That's unfortunate because I think he's got a very bright future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even with this rough stretch, if you look at his season-long numbers, the peripherals are kind of promising, but lately he's just been a, a mess and the strikeouts aren't even really there lately while you know the run allowance certainly is. So it's tough to convince myself to go at him today, but... If he's somehow, you know, more like the first half player, the, the Brewers can certainly be strikeout prone. Absolutely. Now we'll take a look at some of the stack targets uh, of the pitchers that are going. I mean, there's Buck Farmer out there. Uh, I know stacking A's isn't always a great strategy, but you have guys like Matt Chapman and Matt Olson who are making that more appealing. You throw some Dodgers out there against Nick Pavetta. Matt Harvey's become a guy that instead of getting excited about the days he pitches because he's really good, we get excited about the possibility of stacking bats against him. He's on the road taking on the Marlins, so definitely a good number of stack options, even though this is a smaller slate. Let's go behind the plate, though, as we get started today. Looking at the prices, you get Gary Sanchez as the most expensive option at 3700 against Irvin Santana. Uh, I think the challenge is going to be if you're going to build around Kershaw, you're probably not going to be able to pay that premium for Gary Sanchez today. So it's right. more about finding value. Uh, Bruce Maxwell at 2800 might be an okay mid-tier option. Uh, but what do you like as far as catchers go, especially if you can stay under 3000 today? Under 3000 uh, is Yasmani Grandal hurt or anything? Because he's really cheap against Pavetta. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I guess he's been ice cold for a while. Yeah, Austin um, Barnes has been playing a lot. And Austin Barnes has been a nice surprise for the Dodgers this season. Yeah, him or maybe James McCann against uh, Cotton and then uh, votes in the lineup against Tyone, I guess. He's 2100 or you know, that's that's relatively cheap even though he hasn't been that great lately. Uh yeah, I, who are you going to go at if you can't fit in Sanchez? Uh if Steven Vote were to start today, 2100 on him, I think would put him in play. I think Chris Ionetta against Luis Perdomo at 2500 is in the mix for me as well. Uh really interested to see what they do. If Austin Barnes gets a start, I'd play Barnes against Pavetta, okay. no questions asked. I know a lot of times he plays against lefties, but yeah, I think the Dodgers catchers are probably the starting point for me yeah. uh, on this Monday slate. Other tournament type considerations, it's just not really there. I'm looking through the catcher position and it's it's ugly. It's just one of those days where there's not a ton to get excited about. Um one of the younger players that I like, you know, when he's typically getting opportunities is Jorge Alfaro. 
I'm not throwing him out there against Kershaw. He's only 2000 so keep an eye on Alfaro's price in the coming days because there could be some opportunities to sneak him in down the stretch as well. Moving over to first base, uh, Matt Olson. I mentioned him before. He was cheap a week or two ago. Uh, You'd see him that high, but he's, he's 4300 yeah. He deserves it. He's, yeah. He should be that expensive. He's played really well. Uh, so he's not necessarily a lock anymore, but what I think you get is you get Matt Olson at a much lower ownership rate because the price is very high and people don't necessarily want to pay for him there. Right. Uh, I'm kind of tempted to say Justin Bohr against Harvey, assuming Bohr is in there at 3500 is one of the better mid-tier plays on the board today. Yeah, he was awesome before he got hurt, and uh, yeah, his average being at 290 is pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, if... Uh, if Olsen and if Olson and Bohr are not your targets, uh, what's someone cheap here that maybe you could go at? Is Healy at twenty nine hundred in play? Yeah, he could be. I mean, I think Ryan Healy is is solid. Probably going to be in there as a DH or in some capacity against Farmer today. Um, I think the the other way to look at the first base position though is to you know, try to try to. There's not much at the bottom, really. Yeah, try um, to pay up there and then find the value elsewhere. I know you, you can only take one or two expensive bats with Kershaw, but Goldie at 4,200 against Perdomo, I mean, I, I think that could play as well. I, I'm not as high on Luis Perdomo as some people out there are. Not that he's ever going to be an ace or anything like that, but there's some people that kind of like what he brings to the table. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, looking at Chris Davis, you know, he gets Doug Fister. It's at home. That's kind of interesting, too, so I think... Chris Davis at 3200 might be someone I would think about today if you want to save a little money. But I would agree with you that the cheap options generally are a little bit undesirable. Any interest in Bird at 2700 if he's in? Yeah, Bird. Yeah, Bird is is funny because he's just it's been almost a lost season. Oh, a yeah. couple home runs over the weekend, a couple big games. I think the potential is always there because so be much of the skill set right. is it's power driven. Like it's power driven skill set. Yeah, I mean, if he ever gets healthy and gets right, I mean, we saw in 2015 that he's he can hit in the majors. Uh, got good minors numbers this year, but yeah, the injury just kind of screwed things up early. He was he was playing hurt for quite a while, which obviously will drag down his numbers. But Santana's having a great year, but at 2700, that might be a way to get some power in Kershaw at the, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Irvin Santana's had the kind of good year where. In season long, you're happy with them, but in DFS, you're not fearful of using a bat or two against them, especially in a hitter-friendly environment. So I would agree, of the cheap first baseman, Greg Bird is the best option. Might come with a high ownership rate, uh, assuming he's in the lineup. I don't really see any reason why he wouldn't be with it being a lefty-righty matchup unless they're trying to give him uh, some occasional days off. Let's move over to second base. The pricing there, you've got Brian Dozier at 3900 as one of the most expensive options. Jed Lowry's 4000 as part weird. of that Buck Farmer matchup. Don't don't play Jed Lowry. I know <laughs> because I said that he'll do something good, but realistically, paying 4000 for Jed Lowry is not uh, what you're looking for. If you're going to pay a lot for a uh, second baseman, it's Dozier going up against Jaime Garcia in a hitter-friendly environment. Uh, but otherwise, I think Neil Walker is a one-off. If you want to get a little exposure to tie on, Scope. that could make a lot of sense. Scope's a bargain at 3100 yeah. That's a $4,000 talent priced at 3100 And I think Scope's going to be more heavily owned than Neil Walker. Probably, yeah. But I'm okay with having chalk. You're going to find other ways to differentiate your lineup with so many random players getting mixed in this time of year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty intrigued otherwise by... Um kinsler against cotton i don't know it's not been a great year for kinsler but cotton even less so 
Yeah, I think with Kinsler, that's a cheap enough price. Based on where he hits in that order, you could justify that, at least as a GPP kind of play, but maybe yeah. even in cash as well. Uh, he's been finally starting to hit a little bit here as we move into the final couple of weeks of the season. Uh, the other name at second base that I was thinking about is Starling Castro. He is yeah. 2800 with that matchup against the Orioles. It's Dylan Bundy, so I'm not going to go crazy with the Yankees, but... For the price, you know, I think Castro offers up enough. Fly ball guy in a home run stadium, so. Yeah, so not not at the point where I'm thinking about using Bundy. With that, I'm comfortable finding the uh, occasional bat or two to sprinkle in. Sliding over to third base now, we got uh, Jake Lamb at 2,900 against the righty. It's tempting, wow. but it's on the road. So Still, that's really cheap, right? <laughs> I, I'm getting somebody in there against Perdomo. Yeah. I, I, if it's not goalie, it's probably Lamb. Definitely want it to be a lefty, though, right? So I like righties better in San Diego because I think the, the park factors are still uh, such that they suppress the home runs more for lefties. Righties are almost like neutral for home runs now in San Diego, but that should keep the ownership rate low, too, because it's a well-known park factor at this point. Uh, David Freeze against the lefties, always kind of a tournament play. Brent Suter is a guy that I, I'm, never, I'm never right about. Yeah, I don't know. I've tried to load up against I'm not going to talk about it. I don't, know. I don't know how it's going to go. I look stupid all the time. Travis Shaw is pretty tempting at 3,300 as well. Machado at 3,500. Is that the chalk? Probably a little chalkier than Shaw. I could see Machado, Shaw, Lamb in that order maybe being the most owned. Chapman at 2,700 is an awful lot of power against a pretty bad pitcher. And a bad bullpen, too. Yeah. You know, Whenever Buck Farmer leaves that game, it's, it's a Tigers bullpen that you don't really fear. So there are a lot of ways you can attack uh, the third base position today. Uh, looking a little further down, I mean, a Heimer Candelario share at 2,900 could make some sense as well. He's still very affordable, and I'd like him. I think the, the potential is even greater than the scouting reports might suggest. I mean, the, at least the, the numbers in the minors have been kind of chopped up because he's played a lot of partial seasons. Uh, and he's been young for his level as well. So yeah. at 2,900 against Cotton, he switch hits. So I like that too. And when teams bring in their relievers, he's not necessarily going to be overmatched by a wipeout lefty because he can go and hit from the right side. Yeah, definitely. He's a, you have to think he's especially going forward to a, good, a really good cash kind of option just because the on base, the low strikeouts, switch hitting, like you said. So, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to mostly go at uh, Machado and Chapman myself, but it kind of Candelario is pretty promising. We're going to take a look now at shortstop Corey Seager, still at that cheap price, 3100 He just hasn't been himself overall over the last month or so. We did see him homer in the series against the Nats, so that's kind of encouraging. Uh, had a big game in the road series in San Francisco last Monday as well, uh, producing enough to where I think in tournaments you could think about it. But I'm still not looking at Seager as a cash play at that price because of the uncertainty about his health. Yeah, that's that's a tough call. It's a tempting price, especially since the rest of the options I don't think are generally at a glance worth the price. I mean, Gregorius is worth the 3600, but it's just kind of hard to fit him in. I think. Um, but yeah, the, other than that, I don't know. What do you, is Cadel Marte? Who who else is there? It's pretty thin at the bottom too yeah Marte is cheap if he gets the nod today uh, Jonathan VR against Tyone could be a cheap option if he plays at 2700 and Franklin Barreto at 2000 but Ooh, that's kind of interesting you know he's got to be in there too so yeah to see but compared to like the price on Jed Lowry 
I'd at least think about Barreto as a punt play for those who I have mean, Kershaw as their anchor. It's a triple A game that he's getting into there. So he he struggled in the majors this year, but not not in the minors. So yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't been playing that much too. It's kind of surprising that they're not using him a bit more. He's just too young to really be what he's you know slated to be just striking out a bit too much but yeah buck farmer might get him a little bit of momentum here yeah so anything else up the middle that you're thinking about no i'm actually i'm just i'm actually like floored with how bad i feel about the shortstop options um maybe i will fit in gregorius i don't know yeah (laughs) dd's one of those players he's had an even better year this year than i expected he missed some time with that shoulder injury early on i really lowered my expectations uh, and it turns out he's just continued to produce uh, at a very high level. So I have been wrong again about Didi Gregorius, even though I thought what he did last year uh, was actually pretty good. Uh, let's take a look now at the outfield. Reese Hoskins against Kershaw down at 3,000. If you're not playing Kershaw, or if you have any non-Kershaw lineups, would you tempt fate with Hoskins at that price? I think I would be pretty interested, yeah, if I'm not going with Kershaw. I mean, Hoskins is just nuts, so uh, Kershaw can have a great game and still give up a bomb to him, so it's it's definitely surprisingly, you know, a surprisingly serious consideration, even though it's normally just kind of a suicidal kind of idea. Yeah, 960 slugging percentage so far for Reese Hoskins against lefties, so that's That's, that's hilarious. It's just like, oh, well, if he's going to be that cheap... <laughs> a non-Kershaw lineup. I guess if you're going to fade Kershaw, you might as well take a shot with somebody. And yeah. There's other cheap Phillies, so you could do it elsewhere, but Hoskins makes the most sense because he seems surreal at this point. Rosario has been surreal. Uh, I can't believe... I Yeah, I'm not going to be picking him at 4,100. He has to cool off, but, uh, man, he's been insane lately. It's weird. He's a weird player. Yeah, he is weird. I picked him up in Tout Wars, and I've been very pleasantly surprised by what he has done over the course of the second half uh if you're looking for some of these other top options today price wise you know you're looking at like jd martinez at 4700 i mentioned wanting some arizona exposure it probably won't be jd because i don't see him fitting in a lineup with kershaw and a lot of the outfielders are guys i'm going to fade because of that need to have bargains somewhere i always find that the bargains in the outfield are guys that i trust a little more than some of the bargains at second base and shortstop. So if it comes down to having to save on one of my outfielders or having to play like a Franklin Barreto if he's in, right. I'd rather play the cheap outfielder because I'm more confident in my ability to uh, find one that I think is a solid play on any given day. I mean, I think of like a, a Robbie Grossman type. If he's in there against the lefty at Yankee Stadium at 2,800, that's kind of in, that's kind of a play that I, I would still gravitate towards. Yeah, uh, and you know, I I was distracted by Rosario's numbers. He's not a consideration against the lefty, really. But uh, if you're going at Grossman, uh, Buxton at 3100 is probably going to be chalky, but he's been crazy lately, and that's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's hard to fade Byron Buxton at that price, uh, especially when you give him the park bump and uh, kind of the expected output of the Twins' offense goes up as well with that move into Yankee Stadium and that matchup against Jaime Garcia. Uh, let's Is take, Trumbo just toast at this point? I don't know what's going on with Trumbo. Like he's, I thought I thought that the one thing about Trumbo that was just always safe was that he'd just hit 30 home runs with ease. And, you know, he's 
he's just a weird player. Like I, I don't really understand it. I don't know if he's playing hurt again. He had that foot injury a few years ago. He had a stretch where he was in Seattle where he was really bad at first, and then he was pretty good. So he's been more volatile than he should be for a guy with that much raw power. I don't know. Like I, I was a skeptic for a long time, and these numbers look almost identical to what we saw in his final complete season in Arizona. And by that, I kind of air-quoted it because that was the year he had the foot injury and, and missed almost half the year. So is he hiding something? I don't know. But I'm surprised we're not getting more from Mark Trumbo right now. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, 2,900 in that stadium against Fister is tempting at a glance, but he's just been awful lately. Yeah, he uh, he absolutely has. Uh, other possible plays in the outfield to think about. Uh, I mentioned Hoskins before. I mean, it's got to be a non-Kershaw lineup, of course. The Marlins stack's probably too expensive if you're going to use Kershaw because Stanton and Yelich are both uh, flat 4,000. And uh, Marcelo Zuna would be your most affordable option against Harvey. He is only 3,400. Um, looking for some other names. I, I, Domingo Santana against Tyon could also be an option if you don't have Brewer exposure elsewhere in the lineup. This is a guy that can hit the ball out of any park. And he can do it to the opposite field too, which is that's what he's mostly impressive. Done. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. Is does, would, would you take that for uh, an indicator that he will eventually start hitting more to uh, the left side <clears throat> and basically keep hitting the ones that he's also hit to the right side and you know basically untapped power? Like he's, it's almost like he's not connecting quite right and he's still hitting these homers. No, I think it's just where he's pitched. I think he's pitched oh, okay. on the outer half a lot, and he's able to just muscle it out. I mean, he gets gets the barrel of the bat out there and drives the ball really well. And to, to me, it's an indicative of a good hitter. Okay. You know, like a, a, a mediocre power hitter can only pull the ball down right. the line and hit home runs. He it's just weird that he doesn't also have those, you know? like Yeah, I think teams don't challenge him much inside. Okay. I, I think it's more about that than it is about any sort of shortcomings in his ability uh, as a hitter. Fantasy football fans, the wait is over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy football for everyday fans. There are new contests starting every week, so no busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from, starting at just $1. Pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. You can just come in and and win my money. I've had a horrible couple of weeks on FanDuel (laughs) so far, so just sign up and play in a contest that I'm in because you'll probably beat me. Lower rake, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm helping everybody else. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Of course, as you would do with any other time of year. Be sure to check out the Rotowire lineups page. There are so many changes this time of year. Check it out with a free 10-day trial, rotowire.com slash pod. Check out everything else on the site as well, whether you're playing through these final couple weeks of baseball or you're starting to get ready for more DFS football or maybe even basketball in a few weeks and hockey. We've got all those angles covered as well. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you tomorrow.